Our scripture reading this morning comes from Genesis and Exodus. So we'll begin with Genesis 2, verses 2 through 3. And on the seventh day, God finished the work that God had done and rested on the seventh day from all the work that God had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it because on it, God rested from all the work that God had done in creation. And then Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11 Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. For six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is within them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So for the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about Sabbath. I felt like the middle of summer is a good time for us to start those practices of rest and relaxation. It's a little bit easier now for a lot of people than it will be when the flurry of fall starts to pick up again. But maybe if we have some time to think about it when everyone's moving a little bit slower because it's a little too hot to do anything else, that it's one of those things that can start to embed into our practice. I think that it's one of those ways that we are intentional in our walk with God. We are people who serve. We know what it is to do. And so I hope that providing some space for Sabbath and for rest and for reflection helps bring the meaning into all that you're doing. All of us... I think, are people who give a lot of ourselves to our friends, to our family, to our jobs, to our community, to the things that we care about, sometimes to the things we don't care that much about but take up too much time. And so I think it is important in all of that doing and all of that giving of ourselves to remind ourselves of a special gift from God and one that is rooted in creation and rooted in our very purpose and our very beginning, and that is the gift of pausing. We live in a society that values taking action and contributing, and we find this throughout our scripture. James writes, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but do not have works? Titus writes, the saying is sure, I desire that you insist on these things so that those who have come to believe in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable to everyone. Ephesians, uh, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are what he has made us, created in Jesus Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. And though we are made for good works, good works alone cannot sustain us. And I understand, and maybe I am alone in this, although I don't think that I am, that rest often seems like a waste of time. We have a really hard time imagining what it would look like if we devoted an entire day to rest. We admire people who work hard and play hard. We have weekend projects. We maintain our homes or our yards. We spend 
way too much time weeding. <laughs> we travel or we watch television. We have baseball games and family obligations and hobbies. There is a lot to do, and there's not a lot of time. And, you know, as the saying says, idle hands are the devil's workshop, or there's no rest for the wicked, and the righteous don't need it anyway. And so we have had drilled into us this idea that rest is just a waste of time. And we can start to feel that stress of busyness. It can start to build up. We know that we need to take a break, and we say that we should stop and smell the roses. But there isn't time. We try to budget our time, stuffing time into an envelope and rationing it out the way we budget our money. We make distinctions between regular time and quality time. We know the consequences of the stress of busyness, high blood pressure, heart attacks, broken relationships, sleep deprivation, poor eating habits. Yet even when we know these things logically, Hearing that we should take a break just gives us one more thing to squeeze into a calendar between doctor's appointments and deadlines. And church often doesn't help with this. We often ask a lot of time. We have programs and studies and mission projects and really important things for our spiritual growth, things that matter, work, that matters, so we can't rest. I mean, Jenny and I especially, right? You know, we're pastors, we don't get to rest. We're doing the Lord's work. And so we know we need a break, but we don't feel that we have time to rest. But God rested. A God who never sleeps, who is all-powerful and ever-present, decided to take a day off. We can't really imagine what that would look like. What does God do on God's day off? Does God bake cookies? Is God out there doing a little gardening? And because God rested and knew that it was good, God directs God's people to rest. The word Sabbath actually comes from the Hebrew word for he rested. God instructs people to keep the Sabbath holy as a perpetual reminder of the covenant, God takes the day of rest so seriously that in Exodus, he says that the community should be put to death for profaning the Sabbath. And while it probably actually never happened, it is a reminder that rest is as serious business as everything else we do in our life alongside God. And if we think that we can't make the time to rest when we know that our God did, are we putting ourselves above God? Are we saying that the work that we do is more important than the work that God did? That our busyness is more important than the rest that even God took? One of the most insightful books I've ever read on the gift of Sabbath and the power of pause is called How Firm a Foundation. In it, uh, the Rabbi Eckstein writes, Sabbath allows us to be fully present. It certainly provides a time of rest and renewal, 
but its primary benefit is not to simply recharge us so we can just go work again. Sabbath time is a highlight, coming full circle, fulfillment, celebration, rather than just a step towards something else. Sabbath allows us to appreciate the now by taking a break from planning, creating, and worrying so that we can truly receive and reflect on how beautiful life already is. In pausing, we can recognize the goodness that is all around us and available now. Sabbath inspires thankfulness and abiding joy. Sabbath frees us. From a Jewish perspective, we must understand the history of being enslaved that is a major theme in the scriptures. A regular rhythm of pause presents us from returning to a self-imposed slavery, which God has freed us from. God desires us to be free, not driven. Sabbath is part of loving ourselves, an act of discipleship as much as loving our neighbor. Sabbath draws us to God. Sabbath actually strengthens faith, trust in God. It helps us to more fully recognize that it is God who sustains life, not us. Our constant effort does not make the world go round. Stopping draws us to our source and to the love of God for us from birth of time. Keeping the Sabbath is like tithing our time to God. We give God the first moments of the day or the first day of the week. Because we are made in the image of God, we imitate God's rest after a busy week of doing and creating. Doing so helps remind us that all of our time is God's time. We make time for a little slice of eternity and give that time as an offering to God in the same way that we put money in the offering plate. People who keep a Sabbath, whether it's Saturday or Sunday or some other regular day of rest and reflection, say that it helps them value their time in the week even more. There's a paradox at work in the spiritual discipline of keeping a Sabbath. Just as people who give generously never seem to run out of money, people who make a habit of carving out time for Sabbath rest never seem to run out of time. We have more than enough time. And although time is finite, God somehow gives us minutes as fast as we seem to be willing to spend them. God promises us eternal life and a joyful life without end, an abundant life where seconds and minutes and weeks and years are simply the beats and rests of an amazing symphony that never stops. We mark time within this music, playing our instruments with the skill God has given us, and we are careful to pause during rests so that we may play on cue. God is generous with God's time. We have more than enough time. And so beginning this week, I want you to start imagining your life with a regular Sabbath rest. What do you do in those 24 hours if God forbids work? Do you nap in a hammock? Do you sit on your porch sipping lemonade? Do you talk with friends? Do you take time to read that book that you keep meaning to get around to? 
I want you this week to pick up one new habit. If you're not ready yet to set aside a whole day, I'm going to ask you to set aside a few hours and start to lean into what rest feels like. I want you to do something that brings you joy and isn't work. I don't want it to enrich you. I don't want it to be helpful for a larger life purpose. I want it to be something that is peaceful and life-giving. The Bible tells us that Sabbath is a foretaste of the kingdom of God where children play in the streets and everyone sits in the shade of their own vineyard. God wants such a life for us, an endless summer afternoon spent in the company of people we love. And my friends, why should we wait for heaven when we can just begin doing that now? I invite you to find your Sabbath, my friends. Amen.